From Westside Church in Bend, Oregon, you're listening to Behind the Message. Each week we take you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Ben Fleming. I'm Evan Irwicker, and you're probably wondering why we have been gone so long. <laughs> it hasn't been each week. I just said that, and I was like, that's not correct. Yeah. Once every two months, we uh, go behind the scenes. Here's the deal. We uh, we <laughs> unexpectedly took a little bit of a hiatus, and for good reason. Um, one of the things that uh, kind of came out of the blue was some resignations here at the church, and we're going to talk about those today. And so joining us is one of the the resignees. Is that how you say it? Uh I don't know, but it's Casey Parnell. Hi, Casey. Hey, guys. Go behind the How's resignation. How's it going? One of the re- <laughs> resignees. So it's like a Mickey Mouse Club membership. So, resignees. Casey, tell us uh, just exactly what happened. You don't have to go into detail yet. We'll get there, but tell us what what I'm talking about. What happened, man? Um, well, since this is behind the message, um, there, there's two things at play. One, I've had a I've had a dream for a long time, and I know it's a very millennial thing to say, but I'm an elder millennial. 1982, I think, is when the... Is that true, when the millennials... I heard 81. 81? Okay, so... I was born in 82, so I'm following my dreams. Um, <laughs> such a millennial. I know, such a millennial. But I'm an elder millennial, I'm told. Um, so following my dreams of full-time music career, um, I basically... Um, have been thinking about this for a while and trying to do uh, both my job here at the church and music. And anyone who's been following uh, me and music knows that this, the last two years have been absolutely insane trying to do that. Um, I also don't want to be 75 years old and regret not giving this a full-time shot. So that's part of it. Um, The other thing is that, that people maybe wouldn't know fully is that two years ago I took a sabbatical and um, I was dealing with a an extreme case of what I'm going to call church fatigue, um, which just the needs of church for, I've been here since 2003. In fact, yesterday in the message, I said, what were you doing in 2003? And, you know, no one can remember what they're doing in 2003, <laughs> but I remember what I was doing. I was driving to Westside Church to work here. And, um, and so that's a long time getting up to when I took a sabbatical, um, a six week break, you know, a rest, which I would recommend for anyone, even in just in a business career or anything to try to figure out in your life a rhythm where you can take kind of a resetting moment and let the, let the kind of soil of your heart rest for a while and figure out who you are. But, um, my sabbatical break was more of a band aid for what I was feeling. And then stepped into some counseling this year to kind of figure myself out, figure out where I was stuck. And one thing led to another. Um, and that sort of led to me, um, stepping out into the wild, um, and stepping out in faith, um, not just to follow music, but to kind of unlock the unknown in my life. So I, when people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm stepping out into music, but Part of it, I just don't know. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's uh, not a given, like the next year of your life, you don't know what it looks like. And that's a big thing to do when you are, you know, in your mid thirties and you have a career and you have a good paycheck and you have a job that has allowed you to kind of do both. Yeah. The obvious answer is, well, keep going on that while you can. Ride you know, as the long train, as everyone baby. lets you do right. that, that's awesome. Yeah. So a big step to just to say, I'm going to focus, I'm going to step out, I'm going to see kind of how, how things shape up in a, in a moment of faith rather than just comfort or convenience, you know? Yeah, I think you um, come to this point in your life where 
Um, I think Craig Rochelle said it sometime in some message, but where incremental steps won't work for you anymore, mm. um, where small steps um, can't get you unstuck or to the next place. Um, and so I needed to do something big and drastic and I wasn't expecting it to happen so soon. I was honestly expecting to maybe talk it through with Steven Suzanne a little bit more or lead pastors here. Um, I had this meeting. It was like a come is literally come to Jesus meeting with Steve in his office. And he is, this is why I told everybody this weekend, I think he's one of the best pastors I've ever seen because he cared more about me in that meeting than the future of the church. Then, I mean, he cares about the future of the church, but he cared for me as a person. He said, well, if you've got to do this, you've got to do this. And Suzanne's like, and you know, basically their next question is, how are you financially? And (laughs) for obvious reasons, like great. um, Because they're parents too. So they know, you know, it kind of felt like uh, we're sending, um, the eagle out of the nest, so to speak. Um, but I'm I'm in a good place to try something like this. And they're like, why wait? And I'm like, why wait? Oh my gosh. And I resigned the next day. I yeah. mean, it, and it, I don't want to make that sound as flippant as it was. This has been a process I've been praying through and thinking through, but I needed a moment where I just cut and said, I'm doing this, yeah. you know? And I, um, sorry, I keep talking now, but uh, I was thinking about, also not being a double-minded person. Yeah. There's a point where you have to make a decision and you have to go and live with it. And, um, and so every moment now uh, that I'm, I'm four days left on staff, I'm, my last day is on Thursday. So weird to be doing a podcast about this, by the way. Uh, <laughs> podcasts do people do about this kind of thing, but I'm on- Your exit podcast. Yeah, yeah right. we're pioneers right now, Casey. Just think of that <laughs> yes. way. You know, it's actually a real honor. Pastor Steve asked me to speak this last weekend. Uh, you guys asked me to do this podcast. It's such an honor because, you know, if, if, I was, if it was weird at all, uh, me leaving, you wouldn't ask me to do well, this. Well, that's, that's an important um, piece of this is, and we've let the church know several times in the last couple of weeks, this isn't scandal. There's nothing we're hiding. There's no, uh, there was no ultimatum given to you or Corey, yeah. by the way, I don't know. Did you mention Corey's also stepping off staff? Oh no. Yeah. It'd be important for people that are listening to know if they didn't know my brother is also stepping off staff, uh, because apparently we're vitally linked and we can't do something <laughs> alone. Uh, but he, uh, he's, he's has a different, I'd like to point he has a different, obviously journey himself with his wife, Whitney and his family, but he's going to be stepping into full-time music as well. We're going to give this a shot. Um, you know, I'm going to try it for a year. I don't know what else. I don't know if I'm moving yet. People have been asking me, are you moving? Um, people have been treating me like I'm dying. I'm not dying yet. As yeah. far as I know, I'm not, I'm not moving anywhere because uh, precious bird, the main part of the band is, is based here in Bend. So I'll be in Bend. Um, but I, I can't say for certain anything. I mean, I could right, move, right. Um, but all that's up to kind of the, the doors that open and, um, and the Holy spirit and what he yeah. wants to do. So, well, and, and like I was saying, we, no one gave you an ultimatum. No one said you got to choose because your right. performance right. is suffering. Um, it's one thing or the other. That's nothing behind the scenes. Steve. There, there was no conversations like that. Yeah. And that, I think that's, what's unique about working in such an amazing trusting and releasing environment. Um, and Pastor Steve and Mike, they trusted me a lot, but they also know I work really hard. Sure. Um, and so nothing, the conversations we had about music and balance with the church and all that, I know there's pastors out there that are wondering, how did they do that, man? I could, I, you know, you got to get home for the, the game. You, you got to be home yeah. for Sunday. And we were a lot. There's many times we're driving home from Portland or Seattle or somewhere. I mean, even to get back to speak this weekend, I got back at 2.15 a.m. Yeah, right. And I spoke at 815. So, 
you know, it's like that never stopped. And yes, we were tired and we had to figure those things out, but we wanted both things to win. There's a both and thing. You were, you were going towards something, you know, I think God was bringing you to a point of transition. And I I think I wouldn't encourage the way that the last year has gone with just your level of fatigue trying to do both full time. I would encourage anybody to be like, this is the way to go because you were heading towards this moment of saying, let's take a leap. And I think that's important to note that I don't think you would call ideal driving home at two in the morning and then speaking five hours later. That's definitely (laughs) ideal. No, I mean, I had so much coffee yesterday. I can't even, I I don't even remember what I was doing half the time, but um, no, it's obviously not ideal, but you do have those seasons of transition. And I think maybe um, that's what I would say that I've learned a lot in this last season is we're quick to jump as leaders to ultimatums. It has to be this, it has, and we forget that we're dealing with people. I mean, I've even dealt with this on my team, like, you know, okay, a guy shows up late all the time. Well, why is he showing up late? Like my, you know, maybe his, he has family issues that I don't know about those kind of things. And then we Mm -hmm. go, you have to be here on time or else we're, you know, we're going to have to rethink this whole thing. We're so quick to jump to these big, big statements. And, um, we we're dealing with people and yes, there has to be a culture of excellence. There has to be standards that have to be upheld. We can't, you know, if there's a perpetual habit of being late or something like that, cause somebody just can't seem to wake up to their alarm. There's, I mean, there's other things yeah. um, at play there, but I think we're quick to jump to ultimatums and, and the system can fall apart that way. And there's more drama and more stress and more stress added to you as a leader. So I just say, if there's a place that can flex or a place that, there can be a both and that's been really healthy for us in trying to figure these things out. Um, yeah. So, so this story I think fits a lot of leaders that aren't necessarily in your particular position where you're saying, yeah, I'm going to stop and I'm going to go be a professional in some other field. Uh, I think that is the case for a lot of people. I also think it's the case for those who have been in ministry for a long time. They need to retire. They need to move on or whatever. Um, you've been going through the process of knowing for a while to some degree, or at least processing, look, I cannot sustain this. I can't yeah. keep going. What's been the hardest part of coming to the realization of saying, yeah, I can't be double-minded anymore. Or I want to go after this. Cause there is of course the big positive of how awesome is it that you guys are talented enough to go give this a shot. But there's also, I, you even said two years. I'm like, man, this, you've been thinking about this for two years. I would rip my soul apart. Just feeling in, like stuck in the middle, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really interesting that there's no guarantee on the other side of this. So who knows? I mean, I might be living in Evan's guest room in a year. <laughs> you're not because um, you're not taking a job somewhere else. No, it's not like you're I'm just, like, hey, you're I obviously, just quitting. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm literally stepping into the wild. Um, it's it's scary. It's ex- it's exciting. It's all the feels is what I'm telling everybody. The reason why it's taken me so long is because of this beautiful community and church that I believe in, mm-hmm. and um, and a job I feel good at. So. Um, I've been really gifted to do creative directing here at the church and I've led this incredible team and some of the things we've been able to accomplish have, have been incredible for me to experience, but also, um, this is a great church community and it's doing great things. So when you've, it's hard to, it's hard to leave something. It's easy to feel something like leave something that feels terrible or, you're unhappy in, or you walk in every day and you just really dislike all the people you're working with. Right. But that's how you guys know that we're still friends. We're going to be friends beyond yeah. this. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to leave something that's going great, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter when the Holy spirit is leading you 
um, into something. And I, I have undeniable, I woke up at one night at three in the morning and um, I couldn't sleep. And I was thinking about this and I wrote 20 things down, different examples, words. I mean, literally people coming up to me in like cupcake shops, giving Mm -hmm. me, you know, um, I have one word for you and it's this, or me, leaving counseling sessions and feeling the word wild and then driving to one place and seeing that sign on like, Lord, give me a sign. And he literally gives me a sign. You know, I'm, I'm mystical. Part of me is mystical and that doesn't resonate with everybody, but I need that. Yeah. And so I felt I, it's undeniable. I felt the spirit leading me out into the next place. And part of that is because he needs me to be unstuck. You know, maybe the goal isn't, um, I don't know. Yeah music career, but that's what I'm aiming at. Sure. And even for the church, I would say on the surface, losing somebody like you or your brother from a church staff, I mean, you guys are like church gold, you know, um, talented, magnetic people like being around you. So that's what you want on a church staff, right? And even through this process, what has been striking is that you have guys like you stepping out of a church staff. And yet I think as an organization, we're excited for this, the shakeup that, that is happening through this, because through this disruption of losing you guys, there's this sense of what might God do next? Yeah. What leadership will he raise up next? And so, I don't know, there's just, there's just a, I think, a, a grace on it right now through this transition. And it, it gives me hope and confidence that this is the right call for you guys in how we feel, those of us who are still here, feel about this transition, that it's sad to lose you guys, but we're not like hopeless because, Oh yeah. And Parnell it, brothers are gone. doesn't need to be the right call for right. more people potentially in ministry too. Maybe there's some people that are feeling like you, cause you're, you fit yeah. the mold of you went to, you got uh, you went to Bible college, you went and you, you've spent tons of time in the church. It was really what you built everything around. You've taught and you've led youth groups and you've gone up the rung that so many of us had. I was in Beaverton this last week and somebody was like, so what's going on? I said, well, my job's kind of changed a little bit. A lot of, it's because um, the Parnell brothers are leaving the church to pursue music. And the immediate reaction is, oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We're kind of in it because it like exactly like Evan said, it, it does. It's a bummer for us. We're losing a couple of all-stars from our team. And at the same time, I'm like, this is really cool. Should this be more normal for the church community? Right. Yeah. Um, Gosh. Yeah. It's never, I mean, I want to say, you know, it's never been about a a person. It's really been, we keep talking about this church as being, it's, it's special beyond the people. We saw Pastor Ken raise it, you know, build this church and the seats we sit in now are, you know, from when it was over on 14th street, it grew from hundreds to thousands. Pastor Steve came along five years in, which part of my role, I felt like my God given role was to help transition the church from, uh, Pastor Ken to Pastor Stephen, just make that smooth and that branding smooth. And um, so that's been, that's been special, but um, yeah, it's, you know, I thought when you were talking about, I thought about the Celtics this last year mm-hmm. is like, they went so far in the playoffs without um, Kyrie. Kyrie. Yeah. Right. And it's like, Oh, you think Kyrie's going to take Kyrie Irving's going to take the whole thing. But it's like it, that, that just displays to me when a team can come together and when leaders leave, there's a vacuum, other people can rise up and they didn't realize what gifts were inside of them, but they have that ability to stretch and grow. So that is so huge. I'm already seeing it happening. And it's been such a gift to me. Um, this, 
I guess this transition feels really smooth to me too. Um, being on the other side of, I've always been on the side of watching, waving goodbye instead Mm of, you know, being the one who's driving away in the car or whatever. But, (laughs) um, yeah, it's been special to me to watch the vacuum. Was there another question inside of that? I just (laughs) started talking and I was No, it's good. Is there a way, should this be more of a part of our church culture, you know, with staff and Yeah. And let me address that a little bit that, you know, please, if you're listening to this and you are in leadership somewhere at a church, like lean into the team thing, <laughs> you know, like yeah, this, gives, huge. this gives you hope if you're not like, you don't see yourself as the next Andy Stanley or Stephen Furtick or whoever you look to and like, oh, that's a, right. a great leader, or a great preacher. It's okay if you are are really, really getting a hold of this idea of, of team and leaning into that because then whether you have big flashy personalities that do really well on a stage or you don't, like you don't rise and fall on those personalities. Right. Yeah. And what's cool about what's happening here just now, I mean, Evan, congratulations. You're taking my role, which a lot of people don't know. You're going to step in as a creative arts director. Is that a congratulations or a, uh, I'm so sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you're inheriting. Well, no, you're inheriting a great team. I, yeah. There's definitely some things to figure out like in any transition, but Evan, you're so gifted for this role. And even just looking at the services, um, we were, we were joking in the front row the other day because I'm watching this squiggly graphic beyond the back screen. And I'm like, man, <laughs> under my watch, I would never let that graphic through, you know? Um, but no, Evan has an amazing, unique gifting. I've known it, um, for years. I, I mean, we, we have similar giftings, different personalities, but similar giftings. And so it's going to be amazing to watch you do that. And then pastor Lindsay, who's been on Corey's team and done admin work and led worship is going to step into the worship director role. It's like, uh, people are right there to swoop yeah. into these key roles. Um, and we should note that Ben, you'll be taking over from my position in generations ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, while still, uh, running young adults, right. um, but you'll have oversight over kids and youth and your ministry of young adults, yeah. which is really cool. It's amazing. Congratulations to both of you. I mean, it's really cool yeah. that God is allowing you to step into these new roles and he's going to grace you and yeah. stretch you in those mm-hmm. roles as well. Um, so yeah, the, what you said about team, huge. We've always been church as a team. We always will be. And um, yeah, and, and it's also, and I've grown so much here. You know, I've changed so much since I stepped in the doors. Mm-hmm. In 2003, when I was in my first couple meetings in youth ministry, I was like, let's do this. And everyone's like, that's a terrible idea. That's going to be the, you know, you know, the worst thing. I remember sitting in those meetings like, I don't think I have a single good idea. Um, to be able to develop and see some of the amazing things that we've been able to do through the years. Uh, it's been a real gift. Yeah. What so. are some, and we can go around the table here just for some fun here. Uh, what are some of your worst ideas um, that you've, that you've executed um, that went the worst? The absolute worst. Yeah. Think through <laughs> that. I'll share mine. Okay. Does it involve me? Uh, Probably. No, no, this, my, my absolute worst idea. Um, and you guys know this story, but is when I personally installed two zip lines in our student center <laughs> and then had our, at the time, 200 and how, 240 pound uh, middle school pastor, Grady Pinnell, yeah. if you're listening, Grady. What's up, um, Grady? Sorry, Love again, you. I apologize for what happened that day, uh, but he tried it out and jumped off of a ladder on top of the stage on the zip line. And the, uh, the eye bolt failed, the anchor in the wall failed, and uh, the bolt came, hit him in the face, broke out his two front teeth uh, and some others, 
and uh, sliced up his face really good, really good. He was out for months. I remember this. Terrible, terrible back to school idea, but I'm so glad it was him and not a student because that would could have yeah. been like a career ending moment. But yeah, if it was a student, oh my gosh. Could you imagine? Just Grady, we're so glad it was you. Breaking out all the teeth of, <laughs> of, a, of a middle school girl. Just <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad that didn't happen. Yeah, so that's my, probably my worst idea. Um, what, what about you? Case? Yeah, um, I shared, the, the thing that came to mind was the thing I shared this weekend, which um, that's where we're poking fun about transition. I had this list of reasons we hypothetically could have left <laughs> the church. And one of them was like starting a secret underground gambling ring. Uh, with one of our discipleship classes. Um, but that's hypothetical, obviously. <laughs> one of your discipleship classes. Yeah, it's definitely. like West Side Essentials gambling <laughs> ring. Um, but one of the things I said is um, I, that I um, may or may not uh, in 2005 have almost caught the church on fire. Um, and the, Wait, what <laughs> you haven't heard this? I've not heard <laughs> this. Oh, you were in the services this weekend. No. So um, in 2005, I said this may or may not be true, but it's totally true. Um, in 2005, I had this huge firework, like 4th of July fireworks thing <laughs> happening with the youth group, which I think fireworks and youth group, there's just two things that should not go together. And so <laughs> I, I have these fireworks and they're shooting up over the building and they're these bigger. These are like bottle rockets? Like yeah, they're like bigger, airborne. Yeah, they're like bigger than I think. And they're kids turning them on the building. And um, so one of the kids ran over to one of those giant boxes or whatever, and kicked it at the building. And so there's fireworks shooting. This is every church executive pastor's nightmare. <laughs> and so kicked it at the building. I'm like, oh my gosh, fireworks over. Stop. You know, I was responsible enough back then. So I'm you have fireworks probably shooting. Probably 25. Shooting off happening. and heading straight for the building. Straight at the building. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, and so, and, <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, um, the fireworks, so I, we put them out, we, we water them down the best we can. Well, the next day the, it's the, our, our day off or something at, at church and the executive pastor, uh, Craig Eshelman comes and uh, he says, he calls me and he's like, Hey Casey, I need you to come down to the church right now. It's our day off. So I'm like, this is, this is not good. And he's, he's like, I want, I want you to see something. So I drive in the parking lot and the, the bark outside 180 is smoldering. 180 is our old youth group building. Um, <laughs> is what we used to call it smoldering. And the entire youth office wing is filled with smoke. And he's like, I put this out, um, you know, and we put more water on it. We like, he's like, and at the end of it, he looks at me and he goes, let's just keep this one between me and you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and I know he wasn't, obviously he was like joking around and I'm sure the church council or somebody heard about it, but it was like, then I told the church about it this weekend. It's confession time. You're it's on your way out. Confession time, uh, nearly burnt the church down. Um, and so Craig Eshelman, thanks for your grace, man. I actually wouldn't be here for this long, probably without that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I almost burnt the church down one time. There's plenty, plenty where that came from. Ben, do you have any stuff? You have any stories? Oh man, terrible ideas. You've always had good ideas. (laughs) My ideas have been great. That's what's brought me here to this, you know, so far. (laughs) My my worst one, I think I've shared on the podcast before, was was a fundraiser to do an all night marathon. 24 hour volleyball, um, <laughs> 24 hours of volleyball, 24 hours of volleyball fundraiser and Wait, uh, the same players. Pretty on, sure on somehow we had a, uh, no a rotation of okay. young people. I have no idea why I thought this was even okay. It's the worst. <laughs> and uh, pretty sure we, we like had a free court free that We still lost money somehow on uh, this fundraiser. So that was, that was, that was the worst. I've done a lot of other really stupid things, embarrassing things. I've thrown up in the middle of a worship service before, which was good. Oh yeah. I'm, who hasn't stuff. done that? Yeah, I know. No, well, you've 
spend 15 years on stage, you know, you probably have had that experience, but yeah, I don't know. So, so I got to ask you, Casey, we've been talking about over the last year, um, not to get too serious too fast. We, we, we've, it's come up in a few of our conversations where we've, we started saying, what does the church look like? That's not made for Christians. Yeah. Um, and the, the question has boggled my mind and hurt my head and, and I, I want to crack this code. Essentially. I think it's an important thing. I think it's a massive for the future of the church as a whole. Um, is this that, is this creating a church for people that don't know Jesus and, and how do we do that intentionally? Yeah, I think a, uh, I think for a lot of people, let me actually, let me clarify a point before I answer the question. Um, people are going to ask me where, where I'm going to be, what I'm, what my life's going to look like in relationship to the church. And, um, I, I've had tough moments with the church, like anybody else and moments where I've had to sit down and just forgive people for hurting me. Um, but my future is that I discovered that ministry isn't really necessarily about, uh, what I do, it's more about who I am. Mm, and so my vocational job is going to stop, but I'm going to keep being who I am. I'm going to keep encouraging the world, um, and try to bring out the goodness, uh, in them and tell them who they are, yeah. um, like God sees them. But so I'm going to just keep doing that. I'm also going to still be in the church. I'm going to be attending. I'm going to be tithing. I'm going to be part of this community. Um, I'm not going to, until God moves me to another community or city where it just is, you know, something changes, but I'll be here. Um, but I'm having so many, so to answer your question, Ben, we've talked a lot about this in, in private. Yeah. There, I'm, I'm having a bunch of conversations all over my life um, with people that have struggled with um, their relationship to the official church. And so I think, um, some of those things um, I can relate with and some of those things I can't. Yeah. Uh, but I think a church without walls kind of idea is something that people should explore and should think about. What I've told my friends, um, if, if you're bitter towards something, whether it's the church or not, you should figure that out because bitterness will actually eat you from the inside out. So that's something you should figure out how to be healed from and release and forgive. And I know some of the things uh, where the church has hurt somebody have been, they're absolutely devastatingly terrible things. Yeah. Some of the things are, well, nobody said hi to me at the front door, you know, right. but some of the things are devastatingly terrible things, but bitterness will eat us from the inside out and damage us. Uh, so find a way towards forgiveness. Um, but I think there's, um, there's something that I'm kind of calling in this generation. I'm seeing this untethered thing. Um, where we're just, we're lacking anchors. We're lacking, uh, it's like you build your house on on the sand instead of a rock. Um, I'm still exploring this. Maybe you guys have some insight into it, but I still think in this life, we need anchors. The, the church to me is still an anchor. Mm-hmm. When my family was really jacked up about seven years ago, the church and parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles represented friends in that, they saved my life. Yeah. So um, in- and community can exist outside of that box. But um, yeah, for me, I think, think about how you're anchored. How are you, how are you anchored in this life? How are you accountable to something or someone? I think those things are important to think about. And good to hear that from somebody who, somebody might perceive that you're becoming unanchored or untethered in this next season as you step out. Um, but that's not the case, right? That's not the the goal. And that's not what faith does. Faith pushes us out, but it doesn't untether us 
untether us from our principles yeah. or the anchor of our faith or yeah. the anchor of our community. And I think that's an important distinction to make with you and Corey both is that this still is your family. This still is your community. This is still your church and you're yeah. still anchored to those principles. You're not going to go out and be like, well, now I'm going to start, you know, spending all my money on horse racing because I don't have any, <laughs> any wisdom about money the anymore. Evils, you know, or the whatever. evils like, of horse racing. Or, <laughs> is that the scandal? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, it you know what I'm saying? Like, like you don't change just because you're out of formal ministry and neither does your heart yeah. for people change or maybe it does. You can tell me if like, no, no, I'm going to change. No, I think <laughs> actually that has been the challenging question that I've, and I'm not out of this completely yet. When I get out of it, I'll, we can do another podcast someday. If you want say, Hey, how's it going? How are you <laughs> falling apart or thriving um, in a few months? But um, yeah, deciding who you are and your core values that don't shake no matter what you do, I think that's one of the biggest things you can do in this life. So if you have a, a personal mission statement and a life, some kind of life plan or document, even if it's just like, this is who I am and what I'm supposed to do, um, you know, and then these are the values and they could be things like, I think Bo Stern has a value of just dinner with friends. And that's like one of her values. She just, yeah, she wants to have dinner with friends and, and that's her community and that's how she re- finds joy and, you know, great conversation, all that. That's one of her values. But I think decide what those values are. And for me, um, the, the church like this, um, I'm not sure what the best way to even say it, but sort of like, uh, church in a box, um, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, the, the church community, my community as a church and my then investment into that community through serve, finding a place to serve and a place to give, and a place to contribute um, is a value of mine that I'm going to walk out yeah. no matter what. And yeah. some would look at you and be like, you're going to do Christian music, right? Of course this, and you're going to play at Christian concerts. Right. Of course, because you're a Christian. Obviously. And the answer is no, no, you're going to be performing music in all sorts of different venues. And it's, it's not uh, quote unquote Christian music, but here's the cool <laughs> thing. And I want you to share the story of the bartender you were talking to at a, at a gig um, if you, if you're willing yeah. to, um, to kind of give us an insight into what ministry looks like when it's not, uh, a Christian youth rally, it's not a crusade, an afterglow. it's not an afterglow, <laughs> a fourth, a fifth quarter. Yeah. But, but <laughs> share that encounter you had with that bartender. And I think it's a really good picture of what yeah. ministry can look like outside of this kind of box. You yeah. Know? Um, I'm going to, I'd imagine my life is going to be a, still a bit of both worship and, uh, but I'm also in a band called Precious Bird and we just, we play funk and covers and we're going to release original music around that genre and it will not be um, necessarily in the Christian genre. Um, and so um, my experience, this is what I've been experiencing um, every everywhere I go. Um, and it's cool when we're at a show and we're playing downtown, for example, at one of the fall f- festivals or something like that, we'll have plants from our church, like in the crowd, it seems like, and they'll just be <laughs> like loving on people and, um, and having fun and connecting. And then they'll be like, yeah, and these guys play at church, you know, I realize that might change a little bit too, but this bartender I met, uh, she pulled me aside and she's like, Hey, you got to, I heard you go to church. Like you're on the church staff and you're out here playing music. It's like, doesn't make any sense to me. And, um, I'm like, well, let me tell you about it because to me it's more than church. And, um, she said, my dad was a pastor and, um, and he was a bad man is I, that, and that was her quote. And, um, and so she told me a little bit more about 
um, her growing up situation and really truly some devastating things inside of that. And um, I heard her story. I listened for a while and then I just said, well, I just want you to know that um, not everybody um, in the church and not everyone that works for a church um, are bad, bad people. You just were in a, a bad situation. Um, now, Grant, I don't want to get into the doctrine of like, we're all bad. We're all sinners, you know, <laughs> but you know, obviously like that's all not what saved, did? saved by grace. Why Let's didn't you do go, that? With, go through the four theological principles of why we're all bad. Have you heard um, about the total corruption of man? Yeah, yeah exactly. The fall need, it's of really man. Great perfection theology. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, give it to him. Slap him in the face. I'm with debased. That. How about you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I said, <laughs> that could sound like you're hitting on her. So you I wish be people yeah. could have seen Evan's face. This is, a, this is a slippery slope, this conversation. No. Um, but yeah, so it was an opera. What I did is I said, we're not all bad. In fact, the community I belong to is beautiful, giving, generous, a safe place for your kids. Um, we, we teach, we talk that I talked about our lead pastor, Steve, and how much I like him. And I just got to share the goodness uh, that I've experienced. And I said, and it's centered around Jesus. And I think when we, um, and, and his values of loving God and loving people. And um, I, I encouraged her to just keep it simple. And then she's like, well, what time are the services? And I'm like, it'd be a great spot for your kids. And so we just, I, I got to invite her to church and it was super simple and super um, easy to do. And it wasn't weird and was practical. And to me, it was just a sign that there are people out there that are still hungry for something and they know it, but they've had bad experiences and you could be the only church or Jesus they see in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of like going out into a mission field, I guess, cause um, I'm, I'm around people like that all the time. Um, and, and so far it's been a really cool experience to be able to share that stuff and not share it from a, Oh my gosh, I'm with you. The church sucks. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, share yeah, it from a, a positive perspective. So let's do some more um, classic we love you. Let's exit this thing. Well, questions like what's, can you pick, can you, yeah, what do you want to hear? Yeah. Can you pinpoint a favorite, a favorite memory, a favorite memory at Westside church, a favorite memory at Westside church. There's a, there's a lot. I mean, we've done some, like I was, I was just going through, it's so sad today. I'm literally cleaning out my office today. You guys, <laughs> I have these like file folders and like, I'm pulling out like old well, we did well conference mm-hmm. for leaders right. and, um, I, you know, it's not that I would really like to say something like, oh, when I prayed for, you know, this old lady in the hallway and she was healed, but it's really, <laughs> I wish I could tell you something like that right now, <laughs> but I can't remember anything <laughs> like that right now. Um, we were, you know, uh, we had a dream to serve the community uh, through these iHeart events back in the day. And in 2008, we did this massive service event, 2,500 volunteers, a hundred churches were part of that and a hundred community organizations. And when we did this evening event at the fairgrounds, it's like, we always talked about, man, our dream would be to fill the fairgrounds. Like we, Evan was there, we stood there and we watched like 9,000 people come to this event. Yeah. yeah. Filling the space. Mm. Um, and I remember standing in the back of the room with my mouth open, like that's people awesome. are, you know, somebody came to me and they're like, there's, there's cars down the freeway. 
Wow. You know, that's like, I get it. You know, it's a big evangelistic event. Um, and our friend, Nick Vujicic, um, Life Without Limbs was there and speaking and everything. But man, that was, was so cool because we had worked so hard as a team to get to that point. And nothing that I've done in ministry, I can honestly say this, there's hardly been anything I've ever done that hasn't come without blood, sweat, and tears, mm. hard work, laboring, meeting with churches. You think, oh, we got to this expo center filled. Like, man, we got sponsorships and put tickets out and advertise and labored over the service projects and how the volunteers were set up. Evan knows he was part of so much of that. And that was a, that was a triumph. Yeah. That was a real sweet memory. And, um, and these last, uh, four years serving on the leadership team here have been a really sweet mm. time. Um, and if I can encourage any leader out there, um, we, me and my brother always say this, but just keep your spirit sweet. You know, it's so easy to be a cynic. It's so easy to be critical about everything that's going on, but we got to keep our spirits sweet. I yeah. think Jesus loves, he loves that because that's um, where our hearts are soft. He can, he can mold us. He can still shape yeah. us, you know? So. Yeah. And so many of um, my memories looking back through your time here and the time that I've been here, um, you're such an event visionary, you know, and I've, I've seen this. It's almost um, annoying, isn't it? Almost. <laughs> <laughs> but when you think about above, above the noise, you remember above, above the noise, the recording and the, yeah. what came out of that huge, um, uh, obviously I heart, uh, the well conference, um, and on and on it goes, um, so many recordings yeah. and even just the regular events, Christmas and Easter. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah. So, so what's, what's something that you're going to miss that people might not think of? Like we could even say, so well, I'm going to miss doing the big, creating the big event. What's, what's something off the beaten path a little bit that you're going to miss that, that people might not think of? Man, these questions are kind of hard. Like I'm going to miss the people for sure. I'm going to miss you guys. Um, I'm going to miss, um, I don't know. I, I'll probably be able to answer this more after I leave. To, I was imagining today, okay, I'm going to have to turn in my key. Uh, they're going to, I won't have a code anymore, an alarm code. Uh, you know, it, here's one thing I will miss that people won't know. Hmm. There's a grand piano in the atrium. Um, and I've, I've spent time on it for, you know, early in the mornings, yeah. randomly, um, not super consistent, but from time to time, just, spending time with the Lord and worshiping and singing and in that big kind of cavernous room. I'll miss that. So good. Sweet times. Yeah. I'll miss that too. Cause I watch it on the security feed on my phone. <laughs> it's not weird at all. <laughs> <laughs> I've really enjoyed some of the How music. How often do you get on the security feed is what I want to know. Not often. Not often. <laughs> yeah. Sure. That's all I'll say. Just lunchtime. <laughs> Just lunchtime. That's yeah. funny. No, we don't. We, miss- I don't even think we have cameras in the atrium. Isn't that weird? I shouldn't say that publicly now and people will know. Really? Oh, great. Well, then I'm going <laughs> to... Interesting. Then home free for me. I'm going to yeah. play the piano all <laughs> the time. you want. You turn behind the message into a real TMZ type <laughs> yeah. of thing. We can just get on the security footage and, and the security back. code is... <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'll miss that. I'll miss uh, friendship. You know, continue. I, I mean, love you guys. You know, Evan and I had lunch today. I'll just... It won't be oh, as oh, easily no, accessible. You weren't invited, Ben. So no, it's a thing on purpose. <laughs> I, um, was telling, I was telling my wife, though, like <laughs> gigs happen at night usually. I mean, yeah. 
or if you're not traveling. So you're going to have a lot of brunch and lunch free for all of us just to be like, hey, what are you doing? Just well, of course, nothing. You're waiting for your gig to start. <laughs> right. so I don't know can, if we should say that publicly either. How many people want to have brunch I'm, with you? Probably well, I don't so know. many people. I'm not sure if any. I mean, we'll see. It <laughs> might be a very lonely September. So have, call me. You'll have like a, first <laughs> a chair in the corner at Victorian Cafe that you just sit up by yourself every just day. Just hanging out. I just sit. I'm going to basically find me at the IHOP with a big stack of pancakes. Yeah. Is there the a guy I, that starts still an IHOP here? Sense. Yes. Yeah, you, you wait, wait for people to come in and go, so anyway, <laughs> the other day I was, uh, it's just Casey, just ignore just him. telling my story. Yeah. Casey. It's when an extrovert stops being a pastor, really terrible things yeah. have a tendency to happen. Oh man, yeah. The unknown. It's going to be cool. It's going to be frightening at times and definitely hard at times. Yeah. But um, that is the faith adventure. And I knew I knew I was stepping into it. So, yeah. Well, you're leaving the church in good hands. You've owned so yep. much of the vision and the movement of our gatherings and our events. Um, and we are really, really indebted to your vision over these last, especially the last four years. And so um, big shoes to fill. Um, and I feel that um, you've left me a, an amazing team. Thank you for that. It's taken a lot of work uh, to build yeah. that up. And um, I'm just grateful for what we are, are left with as you guys leave, not some broken, messed up, bitter thing. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I, I said it this weekend, the best is yet to come. Truly amazing lead pastors and amazing staff for Westside. I want to see Westside thrive because I'm going here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm right. attending. Right. So, uh, and I'll still f- serve and be a part, um, but it's going to look a little different. So we'll see how it goes. But I, best is yet to come for Westside. And I know Corey believes the same thing. Corey couldn't be here today. Um, but uh, he believes the same thing and uh, want to honor him. He spent the same amount of time. He started here mowing lawns, uh, you know, and be, and became the worship pastor a, a few years back. So yeah. I know he'd say the same thing. It's been an honor to serve. Yeah. So. Um, shameless plug time. If people want to follow you guys and support you in what you're doing in music, uh, what's the best way to, to see what you're doing and follow along? Yeah, just a typical Facebook and Instagram, um, preciousbird.com, that's B-Y-R-D, is our band, that, um, and you can also find us on Facebook there. Um, Casey Parnell Music, I just started a new music thing because I'm doing some acoustic stuff on my own, and probably do a record there, and then um, Corey and his wife Whitney have a country band called the Parnells. So there's just a lot of Parnell things per usual <laughs> happening. Uh, Parnells.co is the Instagram app, the Parnells.co. Yeah, I don't know so about f- other people, but my Instagram feed is it, filled to the brim smothered. with Parnell, different Parnell it's like, um, musical acts. Yeah. And then if you sorry. add in Eric Parnell and anything Lord, Northwest Collective, yeah, Lindsay Parnell. So many. Unrelated, unrelated Parnells. Yeah, <laughs> Lindsay Parnell, who is the new worship pastor here, is not actually related to us, which yeah. is really interesting. It's mind-boggling. Now. Parnell Takeover, I apologize, world, but we are, you know, we're millennials, so we're doing what we do. <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens. Just keep up with the story. I mean, obviously he's a member of Westside, but with you guys as well. I think there's potential for whatever comes out of this to really revolutionize. Not, I don't know if I want to say church, but how a lot of leaders think about themselves in church. And the idea of maybe pastoring is a seasonal thing for some of us. And maybe yeah. it's a 10 to 15 year thing. Maybe it's not because really pastors, you envision them. And I'm sure you've discovered this in some of the discussions that you've had. People are like, well, don't you do this till you die now? Like, what yeah. do you mean you're going to go play music? You know? So I think there's, there's possibility for some real doors and eyes to be open for folks. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, one of my mentors in life, Steve Stern, he weaved in and out ministry, went and yeah. worked for, you know, uh, he worked, uh, what was the company? He worked for Navis for a while and then he sold cars for, I mean, he ebbed in and out of business and ministry his whole life. So I think that, yeah, there's something to say about that. Um, you know, follow the spirit and, um, and you can, I don't think there's rules to it yeah. with that. And so. I think what we could use in the world is former pastors who aren't yeah. bitter out there. Yeah. For sure. Thing, you know? So good. Yeah. For sure. Well, we love you, Casey. And uh, if love with you your permission, we'll invite you back and see how you're doing in a few months. Yeah. Let's do it. And yeah, uh, that'll be, be I'm, interesting. I mean, oddly enough, I'm very free. So. <laughs> For the first time in 15 years. Yeah. You're going to get everybody. job offers and they'll start very soon. <laughs> We'll see you next week or in a few months. It's up to us, really. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye.